Yes, we're back, ladies and gentlemen. And that sound can only mean one thing. It is the final cycle at long last of World Cup qualifying for this disaster of a shit show that we call CONCACAF. I, of course, am Jake. Your non-binary definitely sounds like a dude co-host. Joined, as always, by my good friend, all-around great human being, and definitely sounds like a chick, Darby. Darby, how are you doing? I think this is going to be the punchiest fucking episode yet. Oh, it sure is. And joining us, as always, is our third co-host, and also a dude, (laughs) all around... (laughs) You're going to be okay. I'll be fine. One hour of sleep and this is what I get. I've got wonderful, fantastic friends. <laughs> yeah, listen. <laughs> Pause between. This is our third. <laughs> just, uh, it was just a little. Wonderful. Was- we're, off, we're off to a rousing. We're off to a rousing start. This is great. All right. We're, we're killing it. You know, just, just for safety and giggles. You get a boo-boo for that. Everybody gets boo-boo's wailing. All right. All right. So, welcome qualifying, guys. We're here. We made it. We did it. We did the thing. You know, it wasn't easy. We did the thing. We're here. Uh, And Darby, you know, however many months ago, we sat in the room and we talked about how we were going to Mexico and how we were, uh, you know, not going to come down to the final window at needing to beat Costa Rica and how I said that would be really difficult if it came down to that. And then lo and behold, here we are, Mexico and Costa Rica, basically needing to be one, at least one of them. And uh, that's kind of where we're at. But we're going to put that in a little box, tie up a nice little bow, and we'll come back around to that because your top of the table team and all around shock of the tournament, uh, unapologetically, might I add, very uncharacteristic for them, Top of the table, Canada is, you know, one, not even a win, two points away from guaranteeing themselves their first World Cup since 1980 something. 86 was our I was first close. And only appearance yes. at the World Cup. And of course, I've lost our document now, of course. But yeah, it's uh it's not a walk in the park by any stretch of the imagination. Um, but yeah, we're top of the table. Um, ideally we lock it up with a win in Costa Rica, which as I, I kind of looked past Costa Rica, like, oh, we beat everybody else, but me and ultra have been talking a lot today and it's, uh, not an easy stadium to go into and win. Yeah, it's difficult. They call it the monsters den, the monsters lair. Um, and I was telling you, guys, just for the record, so you understand, Conrad and I had a whole conversation where I wanted to shake this boy because he's like, oh, it's just Costa Rica. It's the easiest of the non-Mexico. I'm like, really? Are you sure? When was the last time you played in Costa Rica? Got to go way back to like 1980-something. Um, but the point being, it is a hard place to play because the way the stadium is built, the, the stadium is you are here on the field, right? And I'm doing diagrams, which isn't helping you if you're listening, but that's okay. You are Second here on the field. Second episode in a row. Second episode, third, third or fourth to be really think about it. Just oftentimes you can't see it. Card. But like, but like you're here and kind of directly on top of you are all the fans just like overshadowing, right? And you think the fans getting hit by piss is bad. These guys, they can, if they got, 
even crappy like half Tom Brady aim can just nail your players with piss bags. Like it's not hard. So like even the fence doesn't help. The fence doesn't help. So like if you have to cage your entire arena in because of how rowdy your fans are, that is a hard place to go on the road and win. <laughs> so yes, no one else isn't isn't easy playing this window without Jonathan Davies. Maro Estacchio has played less than two hours total pitch time with uh, FC Porto, and Richie Larea hasn't even touched the pitch for Nottingham Forest. So the last time Richie Larea played was our last World Cup window. Just to do a quick recap here, Jonathan Davies plays rugby. Oh my god. I'm yeah. Not, yeah. Not even, I'm not even going to give you a response for that one. <laughs> Uh, that's the but, one the one rugby player i know <laughs> uh but yeah fonzie is not even allowed to travel to canada to celebrate um byron has said his myocarditis related to covid is Oof. bad enough that he's not even allowed to come celebrate our potential uh entrance due do, do do that um, however, this does allow for a youngster to come in through the ranks. Um, Ismail Kone, he is the uh, 19-year-old who has been playing for CF Montreal. CF Montreal Impact. Um, yeah, has really been playing well for Montreal Impact, so a worthwhile inclusion. I thought it was going to be uh, defender Joel Waterman that was going to get the call-up to the uh top team but obviously i know nothing um but yeah um and as uh ultra said all we need is three points and two. well two, two points two draws i think it will do it with a win hopefully over costa rica uh panama loses by the way yeah it does but we're not gonna rely on panama losing we're we're not going to rely on anyone else. We're going to do it ourselves. And um, the other big thing, I don't even didn't even note this on our um, on our document is that the big thing for the supporters here at home is the recent discussion of how the pot changes have happened. And if you're not an automatic qualifier through um, your regional qualifier, you might not even be in the expected pot like Uruguay might be dropping down all the way to pot four instead of pot three so at the very end of our document we got a long-winded world to pot three which is what we're focusing on we have to effectively to get into pot three we have to jump one nation that's it correct that nation either being Nigeria South Korea or the CAF qualifier Morocco or Senegal uh, and in theory, if the states somehow managed to screw this thing up so royally that they uh, drop down into the playoff. that, uh, yeah, the playoff seed, we will automatically be in pot three, which is huge. Um, this, this poor graphic. Who picked Christian Pulisic's face? I oh, mean, we gotta pick. We gotta uh, pick the only person who's good at soccer in your country. Uh, yeah, you say that, but you're getting real cocky for a country that hasn't been to the World Cup since before you and I were born. Uh, we have the best left back in the world um, who's not even with us, and we got yeah. nine points out of the last window. 
we true. are we are but, a team uh, that is hotter than the sun. Like, a- admittedly, but, but, I've, but, I've come but, full circle from. Let let me let me talk. I love. Go ahead. Go ahead. By all means, we need to, as a country, get behind this team more than we ever have. Sure, we are not used to having this level of success. You so are let not. us have our time. You had your your era of U.S. soccer coming back into prominence. We're Did we? now entering this. Um, are we are we I, prominent or are we just kind of here? I feel like the prominence is a strong word for U.S. soccer. More like just kind of there existing. Said, when was the last time you guys missed a World Cup? Well, well, I mean, if we want to, do we really have to bring it back up? Trinidad and Tobago. We're gonna get to that though. <laughs> um. So yeah. We're we're entering a very exciting time, and I think someone needs to bang the drum for this team. And if it needs to be me, I'll go get our drum out of storage from the foot soldiers supporters section so that they can play it on field again. Just just as a reminder, how many World Cup victories does Canada have as a country? We got zero. Yeah. We made it to one World Cup and we've won zero games. That's right. How many goals but, have you scored in the World Cup? I think it's one. Uh-uh. Oh, uh, was it zero? It's zero. <laughs> Again, nowhere to go but up. Nowhere to go exactly, but up. Exactly, exactly. Look, I'm. I honestly, we joke a lot on the podcast, but I'm actually very, very happy for Canada. I really am. When Concacaf teams are doing well as a whole, it's better for our confederation, and it's nice to not just have the USA, Mexico, a pile of shit, and the rest. Like you know, it's nice to have an actual third. And I mean, Costa Rica sometimes, but a third strong team because that pushes everybody else in the confederation to get better, right? So we and let's want be that. honest, I'm celebrating because as much as I love the reggae boys, they have a Canadian Premier League player that is likely to start in their starting 11 for all three of these matches. Right. And that's huge. That's it's huge massive. for our league, but that's not, we're a third tier league. Like, really, really. Like, you're we're not US was 20 we're, years ago. We're, we're below USL. Like I'm you, well aware of this fact. Yeah, but you 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 are where MLS was 25 years ago. Yeah, right? Like, like you're at the start of your journey. Give it 20 years in the CPL, you know, assuming that the US and Mexico and Canada don't create a super league, which isn't out of the question. Um, you know, it's it's not out of the realm of possibility, but yeah, it is this in all seriousness, for Canada, is good for all of us because for the first time in a long time, it's not going to be the USA or Mexico at the top of the table, assuming Canada stays focused and does not start celebrating before they finish the job. And, and that John is Herdman concern. has not allowed that to happen. John Herdman has been very much riding these guys in camp from everything I've read and heard from people who are in our camp, which is in the Orlando area. Um because who wants to play in the frozen white north right now? They'd rather take the floods and hurricanes that are going down on down south. Uh, obviously, my thoughts are out with everyone down in Texas right now, which uh, has had yes. some struggles recently. Um, just heard from our uh, quarterback for our, our Americans football team up here. He's from Katy, Texas. Heard his town isn't doing so great. So, uh, But anyways, thoughts are with you guys. But yeah, so the Canadian Olympic team in Orlando ready to roll. Um, they've obviously got some trialists in camp as well, not just the 25 names that were mentioned. Um, 
And the competition so, yeah. stuff, it's not just depending on Alfonso Davies. It's not looking back into, let's look back in the past decade where it's Dwayne De Rosario or nothing. Like as much as he, that's an, I, I noticed Dar- Darby's eyes lit up remembering that name from back in TFC's history. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, it's an exciting era of Canadian football and we should beat the reggae boys. We should get our three points, but, uh, hopefully get the full nine and get into pot three. Yeah. But I'll be honest. I'll be honest with you, Conrad. And this is my opinion. Then I want to go to Darby, uh, Costa Rica. In Costa Rica, I I don't I don't as good as Canada's been, I think maybe you guys pull out a draw. I would be very surprised. I shouldn't say that. I wouldn't be surprised if Canada wins in Costa Rica, but I would not mark it up as an automatic W. That being said, BMO Field against Jamaica. If you guys don't win that one, then it's panic time. Um, because Jamaica arguably is eliminated, like not not really probably bringing their A team. It's at BMO Field, and if they have not qualified going in the last game against Panama, which I believe is in in, in Panama. Panama, that is going to be tough. So it it is by no means a lock, but it is a pretty it is as close to a lock as you can get in Concacaf. But and I want to stress this enough: Trinidad and fucking Tobago. Everybody said the U.S. was a lock four years ago going to Trinidad and fucking Tobago a place that 95% of the people in this country can't even pick out on a map. And we all know how that ended. So, you know, and let's be honest. And let's be honest. Sorry, Darby for cutting you off, but the Americans don't have the a squad available either. And going into another final window. And we're going to come back around to the Americans. Darby, what are your thoughts on Canada? Conrad and I have gone at it pretty heavily here. Why don't you come in and be the peaceful mediator? Be our Switzerland. What say you? Here's what I am. Is is I am seeing the the difference between the two of you. You know, Canada, Canada is on the way up. Canada is absolutely, you know, Conrad stoked, and and I do think that they're going to clinch in Costa Rica. Tbh, um, really? I, I I think they're going to clinch in Costa Rica. I think I think they're. They're they're on an upward trend, and and what you hear, dear listeners, between my dear dear friends, Ultra <laughs> and Conrad, is not a, a a legitimate rivalry, but just Ultra's deep deep trauma. Yes, <laughs> correct. Um, you can you can read you can read about Ultra's trauma on on our website. They they did a great article about it there. I'm actually putting on a new article about it i'm doubling down on my trauma and putting out a second article ahead of this game nice and i'll, I'll get my question. editing uh fingers ready yep question for you darby do yes. you think obviously i'll say look at the table is my answer to this do you think canada is the best team coming out of Concacaf right now before we play any of these matches i mean yeah they they really are they're they're on a trajectory. There's a lot of um yeah. I mean, you've 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 done an ex- the team has done amazing and and definitely have performed better than the US for for damn sure. Um you've managed to perform better than you know, some of them were were obvious yeses and some of them are less obvious yeses, but yes. Canada's 
Canada's coming out of this at the top, and and there's not a question about it. I think I the parameters. <laughs> I think the parameters. The question is what we're defining as best, right? Um, there's no doubt in my mind that Canada has entered the conversation as the best team in CONCACAF. There is there is no doubt in my mind that they have a stake at the table to claim that. I think the parameters of what we define as best as who's playing the hottest and who's the best on paper are two very different different parameters, right? Um, on paper, Canada probably not the best team in CONCACAF, but the game's not played on paper. The game is played on the field. I think you have the best coach in CONCACAF, hands down. I don't think there's any argument about that. And 95% of winning is getting the best out of your players. And I do not think there is a single person who can make an argument that Canada's coach is the best at getting the most out of what he has to work with. Um, and that is a statement that I think needs to be acknowledged. I think that if you put any other coach with this team, there's no guarantee this team is top of the table. What your coach has done has been remarkably, incredibly impressive. Um, he's taken what was a relatively unknown outside of Davies team and turned them into a team that doesn't just play like they could be the best team in CONCACAF, but they play with the swagger and the belief that they are the best team in CONCACAF. They are not intimidated. They are not afraid. And they are very quick to let you know that. So are they the best team in CONCACAF right now? Yes. Yes, they are. Are they the best team in CONCACAF on paper when the World Cup rolls around? Who who knows? But if you ask me right now who to place a bet on which team in CONCACAF would be go the furthest in the in the tournament without seeing any groups, I would put my money on Canada. And and and, I, and World Cup doesn't play on paper either. I mean, I think correct. I think the thing about Canada that's that's really is they did come into uh, this World Cup qualifying with with one excellent player, like they knew. And it would be really easy to try to throw an entire team on that player's back and and get out there and, and attempt to qualify. But um but they didn't do that. Everybody else stepped up to the level and and in the if, if I who knew the name uh, who knew ahead. the name Mauro Estacchio before this World Cup window? And he, he would not have been on FC Porto's radar, I think, even without this um so sillily enough to to defy all stereotypes i think my my way to describe canada through this entire situation has been unapologetic yeah they're they're playing with a swagger they're playing with a swagger like you didn't respect us and now you're going to pay the price now if we had another cycle coming around in four years i couldn't tell you that in confidently that canada would finish on top but that's the joy of Concacaf is that our confederation is a shit show. Um, but yeah, I mean, that is that is my belief, is that if you held a gun to my head and said, pick the team in CONCACAF that's going to go the furthest in the World Cup today with no other knowledge of who they were going to be drawn if what pot they were in, just based off of what I've seen, yes, I would tell you Canada is probably the best team in the federation right now. So um, now we're going to pivot from Canada to the disaster that is the United States. Um, yeah. So. All right. Trinidad and Tobago, folks. Trinidad and fucking Tobago. That is all I've got to say. I told all you motherfuckers however many months ago 
that we didn't want to be in this situation and nobody listened to me. I told you Greg Berhalter should have been fired. Nobody listened to me. And now here we are in the last window coming down to having the win in Mexico, a place where we have never won. And in Costa Rica, a place where we've never gotten the point. This is not where we want to be. But alas, here we are. Here we are. So, in case you've been living under a rock, the USA will there be taking go. on. Bing, in bing. case you've been living under a rock, the USA will be taking on. Will be taking on Mexico, Panama at home, and then Costa Rica. On in Costa Rica, Mexico in Costa Rica, Panama at home. On top of all that, as if all of that wasn't a hard enough plate to deal with, Tyler Adams, Jordan Pippick. Zach Steffen, Tim Away, and DeAndre Yedlin are all on caution watch, which means if any of these people get a yellow card, they're out for a game because CONCACAF's stupid yellow card accumulation rules make zero logical sense, just like this entire qualifying cycle makes zero logical sense. But whatever, fine, I guess. Um, all of that is to say uh, that that doesn't even account for not having Aronson, not having McKenney, not having Death, not having Turner. Um, but sure, you know, we're in great shape. I have total confidence in a team led by Greg Berhalter to come away with a win in Mexico, a win at home against Panama, and a draw in Costa Rica. I have total fucking confidence in Greg Berhalter. That's what I keep telling myself. It's not working, but it's what I keep telling myself. Um, at, le- at least they didn't go full nepotism and invite Greg Berhalter's son just because he's his son. Yeah, you know, I, at, least I, they, at least they avoided that. I'm not sure that they avoided that as much as the Federation told Greg he couldn't. That is my belief is that he if he could have, he would have. I, I do believe he is just trying to stay around long enough to where he can get his team. His, his, it, it's, a, it's Bob Bradley 2.0. It's, it's Bob Bradley 2.0. That's what this is. Um, so, yeah, let's talk Mexico. That's the game that's coming up. That's the game that everybody's going to be watching the most. You know, Canada, Costa Rica will be a fun one to watch, but. In the Azteca, 0-12-3 all-time in qualifying since 1949. They managed a 1-1 draw in 2017. And then more recently, they got two draws as well. Um, however, and this is the however, they have beaten Mexico the last three times they've played. However, all three of those have been on U.S. soil. So, worth noting, although one of them was played in front of a very pro-Mexico crowd, but not the Azteca. The Azteca is a separate beast. The winner of this match more than likely will qualify directly outright. If it's a draw, both teams would be happy with that. Mexico probably less happy, but the USA would definitely take a draw. Um, Darby, how you doing? I mean, we we have said throughout this uh, qualifying nightmare that we are living through, um, that the team plays best and the team performs the best whenever Burhalter gets out of the way and lets the players know the way, let, lets the players play the way that they know how to play. Um, I, I think that that winning in spite of not due to his uh, Burhalter's uh, insane coaching capability is is key, and I think that 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 is our biggest hurdle coming into this uh, match against Mexico is the fact that the players that know how to play, the players that rally together, work together, and, and come out in second halves and do things that, uh, that, that, that pull something out, 
Um, you know, the fact that we've, we're, we're Aronson McKinney, Des Turner out and, um, that other large group of folks that are so going to be so worried about that yellow card possibility. Um, I, I think it's going to hurt us. The only thing that I can say is that it's possible that all of those folks that are on a yellow card caution watch, um, are, are going to come in and if they can pull out a win, even if they get a yellow card and are disqualified for Panama, um, like you said, if, if we win, we're probably going to advance. So we may take the, take the hit against, um, against our players qualifications for the next match and, and just get out there and play, play like we have to. See, I think that's the wrong strategy and I'm going to go to Conrad next, but if, in my opinion, and this is just, you know, let's just talk strict mathematics here. If you beat Panama, you're, you're more than likely guaranteed a top three position. Like it's, that's the math here. Even if you lose in Costa Rica and lose in Mexico, if you beat Panama, the worst you can do is fourth. But if you beat Panama, it is very likely that you are going to be in the top three because the odds of Panama or Costa Rica running the table here, slim to none based on who they have to play. Slim to none. Not impossible, but slim to none. The odds of beating Mexico and Mexico for the U.S., slim to none. <laughs> So I, I wouldn't risk going for it. I just wouldn't even, wouldn't even, like, I'd put a good team out there, but I would not risk getting any of my guys a yellow card caution going into what is arguably more important of a game. Conrad, what say you? I'm stuck in the middle here. Um, and I'm going to be really honest. Like, I think this actually, there's probably more to what Darby's saying than you're giving it credit for, uh, Ultra. You're facing a Mexican squad that's missing Jonathan Orozco and Rodolfo Pizarro due to injury. So they brought up uh, Carlos Acevedo, uh, which is Santos Laguna's keeper, and then Roberto Alvardo from Chivas. So you're missing your 1A keeper and a very potent attacking threat, bringing in two players that play in Liga MX, and they're not inviting Chicharito because, as we've Tata discussed, doesn't like him. Yeah, Tata doesn't or like him for or whatever. Yeah, does not like the player. So it's yeah, it's a uh, it's, it's interesting. A yeah, and it's arguably the most beatable Mexico has ever been. I agree. I would agree with that. And this is not to discount what Darby's saying. Darby's absolutely right. The team plays better when Burhalter gets out of the way. We are both in agreement on that. My concern here is that let's say you go all in on the Mexico match and you don't just lose, you lose badly, right? Like you get you two play guys to win. on you. You do, but you also play to get to the World Cup. The, the end goal here is not to beat Mexico. The end goal here is to get to the World Cup. Yes. So do you do you go for the win in Mexico, which would be a historic win for U.S. soccer? It would be massive. It would be a huge psyche boost. And if you pull it off, you're basically in. Or do you say we're going to put a team on the field that we think can win? We're going to protect our guys on yellow card caution. And we're going to say. If we lose in Mexico, whatever, that gives us two chances to try to get our way in. 
by either beating Panama or worst case having to go to Costa Rica, a place where they've never gotten the point and win. And in the terms of logistical arguments, you would want to, in my opinion, take the opportunity that gives you two chances versus one. Now, if it was me, fuck Mexico, right? Like, I want to beat these guys every time we play them. I can't stand them. I, nothing makes me happier than seeing a bunch of Mexico fans bitch and complain and complain and complain. And they do that a lot, might I add. Um, but, but, and, 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 you know, Antonio, you know we love you. But, you know, the Mexico fans have a history of just bitching about everything. Just like us, just like everyone in CONCACAF. But I'm just saying, 0-12-3, in the history of the USA-Mexico rivalry, no team on either side has ever beaten the other four straight times. Um, it is, it is, I don't, I could pull out number after number after number after number, right? The fact of the matter is, yes, you play to win and you never want to play to not win. But at the end of the day, the goal for this team has always been get to the World Cup. Doesn't matter how you get there, get to the World Cup. And if you go forward against Mexico, and let's say Tyler Adams picks up a yellow, and Wea picks up a yellow, and you're going into the Panama game about those two guys in a game that's a must win in Orlando, then because if you don't win in Mexico, that game isn't no longer just a must win. That is literally the it is a must win. Like, full stop. And if you think you don't remember, some of us were there in Orlando the last time we played Panama four years ago. And remember how that cycle went because of Trinidad and fucking Tobago. And some of us don't want to relive that. So, you know, if you're telling me that my options are go for it against Mexico and possibly lose or go all in on Panama, I would tell you to go all in on Panama. That's just what I think the smart bet is. Personally, Fuck it, let's kill Mexico. Let's let's just destroy them. But like, but like logistically, from a smart, let's get to the World Cup standpoint, Panama's much worse. <laughs> so that's that's where I'm at. I mean, you know, I could literally do an entire podcast of myself just cursing Trinidad and Tobago. But I mean, the point stands. I don't want to have to write another article about how I'm having dramatic episodes because Greg Berhalter got six guys on yellow cards going against Panama, having to go down to Costa Rica and win. Nor do I want to spend the money to have to go to Costa Rica if that becomes a must-win game, but I will. (laughs) If it comes down to that, I will. (laughs) And Darby has her passport now. And Darby has her passport. We can go together. Oh God! Could I make it to Costa Rica? Well, I mean, if, it, if if look, Darby, if I told you there was a one-game playoff between us and Costa Rica, win or go home, I think we'd find a way to get there. I mean, you're probably right. That would be an electric atmosphere. We'd find a way. So yeah, um, you life know, not, finds a way. Not much to say about that. We're gonna do an, another episode of this after the 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 first round of games, where we'll focus more on Panama and Costa Rica coming up. But because we're here, let's talk about Panama real quick and run the gauntlet. Panama taking on Honduras at home. This literally is a must-win game. I mean, Panama basically has to run the table to have any shot at when finishing in the top three. Um, and unfortunately for Panama, Honduras is the easy one because then they have USA away and Canada at home. Now, 
look, for Panama's sake, if by some miracle they win those first two games and Canada stumbles and you have a reeling Canada team coming into that match where it's this, and this is the nuclear scenario, right? Where this is the holy crap, everybody got CONCACAF scenario where Canada hasn't qualified, nobody has punched a ticket, and it all comes down to the last game where Panama plays Canada at home. Holy shit, there's going to be fireworks everywhere. I mean, that is going to be people glued to TVs. Like, that is what the networks want. The networks want that. We, however, do not want that. We would love it if Canada could do us a solid. So, um, you know, Honduras, got to win that if you're Panama because that's really your only pathway to fourth even, assuming you don't win the other two. Costa Rica, the only other team that still has a shot. Um, they have to run the gauntlet to even get to fourth. And that, they again, starting with Canada at home, which, you know, okay, you got a shot. El Salvador away, you would think, again, El Salvador is eliminated a game you should on paper win, but it's CONCACAF. And then, uh, you know, the USA at home, a game that may or may not matter at that point. But if it does and it gets that far, that's the nuclear option where there's like six teams or five teams in contention for three spots plus a playoff spot. That's the that's the nuclear option where we're talking about goal differential and all these other wonderful things. Um, And then there's obviously El Salvador, Jamaica and Honduras who are all eliminated. So we're not really going to focus on them. I'm going to put you on the spot. Conrad first and Darby who makes it to the world cup top three and playoff team in that order. Go Conrad. Let's go. I'll put you on the record here. Canada, Mexico, Panama. Interesting. USA, USA right. is going to be the playoff team. They are going to lose to Mexico <laughs> at the Azteca. They're going to likely beat Panama. And they're going to lose to Costa Rica in the final. Yeah, but if they beat Panama, that's probably enough to jump them over Panama mathematically. Okay, let's call it a draw-draw then. Lose-draw-draw. That's that's where my brain's going. Number one, I want to see us in pot three. So... You know you have easier pathways to pot three than the USA, right? That are much more likely. But I'm going to stick to my guns. Even even lose, draw, draw. You would need the USA to lose out. Wild card, bitches. All right. <laughs> Darby, let's say you. I mean, I definitely think Canada. I, I am going to say it's going to be Canada, U.S., Mexico. Just because I want to be hopeful um, with, with Panama coming in for. But, but I am also going to say that Conrad makes a really good case. Well, it's terrible, terrible and I don't want it because I don't. Because you want it for the drama, you want it for the drama. But, but, but I don't want Ultra's trauma because I can just feel it bubbling from here. Um, But, but yeah, like, like Conrad makes a good case, but I'm gonna say Canada, USA, Mexico, Panama, fourth. Well, I think you're both fucking nuts. Um, <laughs> I, th- I think I think you both are sipping the drama Kool-Aid. Um, look, I'm not prepared to confidently say the USA is going to qualify. 
I'm not. I I am a pessimist. I lived through Trinidad and Tobago. Really? You're a pessimist? I would have never guessed. I'm a realist is what I am. I'm a realist. And realistically, some of us remember where we were in a bar in Tampa while going to University of South Florida, watching the game with American Outlaw St. Pete, beating a drum, sitting there crying hysterically as everything went to hell in a handbasket against Trinidad and fucking Tobago. Not me, of course. I would never have had any of those personal memories, but some of us were there. Um, Point being said, I think the USA is going to beat Mexico in Mexico. I do. I think they're going to do it. I think they're going to beat Mexico in Mexico. I think they're going to lose to Panama at home. That's where I think people are going to get confused. I think they're going to, I think they're going to choke that game. And then I think they're going to get a draw in Costa Rica. I think so, that is that is the most likely for me. I have questions. Yes. So if you you didn't admit to this earlier, I didn't put you on the spot for this. But if Canada is the best team in CONCACAF, which you didn't say they were, I'm putting words into your mouth here, and the best Canada could do at the Azteca was a draw, what makes you think the American team can pull out a win? Because the game is played on paper, or the game's not played on paper, the game's played on the field, as we've said. And as much as I love you, Conrad, the rivalry between the USA and Mexico does magical things. It does crazy, ridiculous, dosisero magical things. And, you know, um, this team has their backs against the wall. You guys didn't have your backs against the wall when it came time for your game at the Azteca. It was so early in qualifying that, it, okay, whatever. Um, this is a game where the USA knows if they win, they're in. It's a win and in. Um, and, you know... The fans not going to be there in full force. Um, you know, the game being played at night, not during the day. Late at night, might I add. And um, they also have all the new fan restrictions in place. Correct. So fan restrictions, no scarves, no noisemakers, no flags. And we got a whole list of things we can't bring in. So and because of the fight with Quattro, that's a whole thing that's going to be a thing as well. So fans not going to be super close to the field. Um, so it's mitigating a lot of their advantages. Self-inflicted, might I add. Um, realistically, it's probably going to be a 1-1 draw, but who knows? So, all right. Well, with that, it's 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 go time, folks. It is It is finally here. It's over. We can finally relax. And then we get to look forward to waking up at two and three in the morning to watch World Cup games in Qatar or whatever weird time it's going to be and doing coverage of that. And that's going to be fun. I still have to calculate to pick them, but none of us are good at picking MLS games. So I assume none of us will be good at picking CONCACAF games. Um, But yeah, so for myself and Darby and Conrad, we will see you guys next time. Oh, wait. Before we close out, I have one thing to say. Yes. Go out and support your team wherever the fuck you want to support your team. Yes. Whatever bar you want to go to with whatever friends you want to go with. Yes. I am an AO member. I've got my AO chapter, but nobody is required to join me in my town. 
that's what that's what I need to say about that. See now, I wasn't gonna bring it up, but now you brought it up. So now, as as the as the AO board member in the call, I feel like I have to say something. So yes, as AODC vice president, I do want to stress whether you are watching at home, at home with your friends, at a bar, at the airport, at an AO watch party at the game itself or anything in between, whether you're watching in another country for that matter, it doesn't fucking matter, right? Whether you're a Canada fan, a Mexico fan, a U.S. fan, it doesn't matter. At the end of the day, we're all football fans. We all love this game that creates such emotions that bring us on ultimate highs and that drag us through the toughest of lows, right? But we love the game for that reason. And what's important to point out is that, yes, Somebody said something stupid who was a member of AO and that person is a fucking idiot and does not share the sentiments of 95% of us. American Outlaws has been criticized for being broy, which it totally is, for being frat broish, which it can be at times, and for being non-diverse, which it has had problems with. We have to acknowledge that. But we've come a long way. But at the end of the day, nobody and anybody who tells you otherwise is wrong. Nobody has an obligation or owes anything to AO. And anybody who thinks that they do is wrong. Um, you have every right to go to a game watch party organized by a MLS team, as you do a watch party organized by AO, as you do a watch party at your own goddamn house. Because you know what? You don't owe anybody to anything. As long as you're supporting the team and giving your support to them in every facet that you feel like you can give, that's what matters. So yes. I feel like it's worth acknowledging that that happened. But yeah, fucking watch the game wherever you want and just enjoy the ride. We, this we is would, the last cycle. We this would is the last cycle, podcast. Darby. We wouldn't be the podcast that we are if we didn't at least address it. But this is the last cycle. This is like people don't realize this is this is the last time we're going to get to do this. In 2026, we all are going automatically. And then after that, it's going to be like an eight teams going from CONCACAF. And who knows if we're even going to be alive the way the world's going. We might have nuked each other to oblivion. So just enjoy the ride. And if you're Canadian, fucking celebrate the fact that for once, you don't have to apologize for being good at something. And if you're American, celebrate the fact that, you know, you suck. And that's okay. And if you're a Mexican fan, acknowledge that maybe homophobic cheers aren't so great. And that's perfectly acceptable. And if you're a fan of Jamaica, well, maybe choose a different team. Reggae boys. You know, the point is, the point is, we're all in this shit show called CONCACAF together. And it's our shit show. And sure, it may be laughed at by UEFA and we might have the booty call that is the Gold Cup. But it doesn't matter because it's our booty call and we love it all the same. And with that, we will see you guys for the next whatever. And we love you all so very, very much. Bye. Bye.